San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. Happy Monday, happy Valentine's, everyone. My name is Michael Jimenez. I'll be your host from 12 to 2. Super excited to be back home. Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 was so much fun, but I'm glad to be back. James Pledger is producing this show today. What's going on, James? What's happening, my man? Welcome home. Oh, dude, it's going to be a great show today. I can feel it. I got the feels. I got the vibes, baby. Halftime goes from 12 to 2. We talk about sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. You know, I cannot stop thinking about last night's Super Bowl. What a great game. 23-20, the LA Rams took out the Cincinnati Bengals. I was cheering for the Bengals, but you know what? I was also cheering for a good game. 23-20, not bad. Cooper Cup with a last-minute touchdown pass. What a fantastic year he has had. And I can't stop thinking about the repercussions of this game. What does this mean for Matthew Stafford's legacy? What does this mean for Cooper Cup? It was a great game that could have ended in controversy. Can you imagine if the Bengals had won and we'd all be talking right now about that T Higgins touchdown pass where, or touchdown catch rather, where he pulled on Jalen Ramsey's helmet. We'd be talking about the controversy around that, but that all goes away because the Rams came back to win. And we'll be talking a lot about this game in the 12 o'clock hour. And again at one o'clock, you know, um, I'm going to speak a little lowly here in a whisper. I don't know if any of you all have noticed, but um, the Spurs are undefeated since getting rid of Derek White. Spurs are 2-0 since they traded Derek White to the Celtics, inserted Devin Vassell into the starting lineup. Tonight, they take on the hot Chicago Bulls with DeMar DeRozan, who's going off 38 points a game the last five games. Amazing. But a lot of Spurs fans got pissed off at me. When I got on Twitter and I said that the Spurs are better because Derek White is no longer there and that the Spurs are in a better position because of that trade. And a lot of people hated me for saying that, but guess what? A lot of people agreed. At 1225, we're going to get into that. And if you want to debate this with me, by the way, I'll be nice. Call into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. That is 656-ESPN. Talk about the Super Bowl in this segment. Or if you want to talk about the Spurs and the trade involving Derek White at 1225. At 1240, 12.45, we'll talk about my favorite moments in L.A. for Radio Row, that whole trip. Uh, a, a peek behind the curtain, if you will, about all that went down behind the scenes between me and Rob and Rudy and Minix and Reinagle. You know, some things are going to be left over there. But, man, I'll talk about some of the fun things, some of the funny moments out there. And at 1 o'clock, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl. What does this all mean for Joe Burrow? You know, Joe Burrow was a minute and a half away from winning a Super Bowl. And it slipped away. And we'll talk about Joe Burrow, what this means, and and the building of his legacy along the way. But, you know, this uh, show, uh, we're live on Facebook and on YouTube. Just like and subscribe, San Antonio Sports Star. Follow along, leave leave a comment or two. At 1.30, I'll read my favorite comments. Maybe I'll name a grand winner, a winner 
of the best comment of the day. But again, if you have the ability to type in to a computer on a keyboard, you have the ability to use those same fingers to call into the Kobasa Bacon phone lines again at 656-ESPN. But this show is called Halftime. So let's talk about halftime. How about that halftime performance last night at Super Bowl 56? Woo! One of the best halftime shows I have ever seen. I don't care what anybody else thinks. That is going to go down as one of the top five of all time. I don't care if I live to be 100 years old. That is going to go down as that because it spoke to me. And as I mentioned on Twitter, as I mentioned on Facebook, boomers probably hated this halftime show. It, you know, it involved what Snoop and Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and a pretty hefty 50 cent. They hated it. Boomers hated the show. Do you know who else hated the show? Gen Z, the young ones. They hated the show too, which is why it was such a great, great show. Because this didn't speak to Gen X and it didn't speak to millennials. It spoke to me because I am a Zenial. I've been saying this all the time. I tried to remind Rudy J this morning. We are not Gen X. We are not millennials. We are Zenials. So what is that? That is someone born between the years 1976 and 1983. Right now, we're between ages 39 to about 45, 46. We are a subgroup. And man, watching these guys come out and perform their hits warmed my heart. I absolutely loved the halftime show because we always get passed over. We Zennials. We get, I mean, think about it. They say that Gen X is 1965 to 1980. Tell me what people born 1980 have in common with someone born in 1965. Nothing. And the millennials are 1981 to 1995. If you were born in 81 when Dexie's Midnight Runners was out, and you're, and you're going to compare that to someone born in 1995 when Boys to Men was out, it's not the same. But that micro generation of Zennials. 1976 to 1983, born in those years, basically class of 1994 to about class of 2001 in high school. We are different. And the reason why we're a subgroup is because we knew what life was like before the internet. We remember cassette tapes. We remember Betamax and VHS and things like that. We were the ones that first embraced the internet because it was literally rolled out when we were in middle or high school. So this music comes out from the early 90s, and again, the show starts off with Dre, you know, being raised up, and you're seeing Snoop out there next to him as they're singing a PG version of the next episode, and dude, I was getting excited. And then California Love, California Love, man, I don't care how old I am, I can be in a nursing home at age 90. 45 years from now, and if California Love comes on in the nursing home, I'm going to be bobbing my head and wheeling it around on my wheelchair. I will be excited. That will be a lit nursing home back in the day, in the future, shall I say. And then 50 Cent upside down coming in, banging with that in the club from 2003. Okay, the memes came out. That 50 Cent suffered from inflation because he looks like a buck 50 now. Fantastic. That's what the internet's for. That is what Twitter's for. But it was so fun to see him do that. And they had to go off camera as he flipped back over. He, he stuck the landing, right? Did in the club. 
Now, Mary J. Blige coming in doing Family Affair. Not bad. You know, my wife looked at me and said, God, I love her boots. Love her boots, those white boots. My wife, you know, bouncing her head to the music as well. She loved it. Now, when it got to No More Drama, uh, that is not the right song selection, okay? So if there was anything bad about this whole halftime performance, it was going to be the fact that they slowed it down for no reason for No More Drama. Because if we're at the nightclub in the mid-90s, if we're at the nightclub in the early 2000s when 50 Cent was big, they were not going to play No More Drama on the dance floor. Everyone would leave to either go to the bathroom or get a drink. It would empty the dance floor. Not sure why they play that song, but they did. Okay, whatever. It was only like a, a minute long. Kendrick Lamar, because Baby Brother had to come by, right? So he sang All Right. And then Eminem, Lose Yourself. I don't care, man. You know, Lose Yourself is, for those of you who are boomers or early Gen X, you might know the song. What's that song, uh, Eye of the Tiger from Rocky? right? You hear that song? If you're 55 years old or older, 55 to 65, and you're trying to go work out, I bet you Eye of the Tiger is in your set list, in your playlist, okay? If you are my age, in your 40s, late 30s, Lose Yourself by Eminem is an anthem. It is an amazing song. And you know what's so funny about it is that my wife was looking at it and goes, Eminem's hot. And I was like, Eminem? And I was like, huh, well, he has gained weight. You know, he does have the beard and all that. But my wife pledge was feeling some Eminem, dude. And it was kind of interesting. I was like, man, okay. You know, he's not a bad-looking guy. But he, she doesn't like his smile. She says that if he smiles, he's ugly. But if he doesn't smile, he's fine. He's fine. But, man, what a great show. And if you if you want to argue with me about this, reach out to us. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. Now, some of the arguments of, against this halftime show had nothing to do with the actual performance. I have people reaching out. Again, the boomers saying that they hated it. Uh, that's not music. Shut up. Go away. Okay? You guys have had your time. All right? We had, we, had a, we had to endure Bruce Springsteen out there. We had to endure Tom Petty. We had to endure all of these bands coming out there that just were boring as halftime performers. For you millennials, why did it skip us zennials? It went to you guys, and you had Katy Perry, you know, you had Beyonce, which is fine, but it didn't speak to the zennial in me, and it came back. And not only that, it was an L.A. show with L.A. artists. I mean, no, I know there's some New Yorkers in there as well, but Snoop and Dre were the, were the MCs, if you will, of this. So I was super excited about the halftime show, and I think it foreshadowed. The end of the game. Because Eminem sings Lose Yourself. You know, and he says, you know, lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. Never, ever let it go. You only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. The opportunity comes once in a lifetime. And think about that. It, it happens once in a lifetime. And that could very well may be true for a Matthew Stafford and for a Joe Burrow. After the game, people were saying, Joe Burrow will be back. Will he? We sure about that? With Mahomes in the AFC? With Lamar Jackson in the AFC? With Josh Allen in the AFC? Really? He could be the next Dan Marino, who went to the Super Bowl early in his career and never, ever won a Super Bowl. Never, ever went back. 
And that's the thing about Super Bowls, man. You have to take it and grab it. And the Rams got it. And now look at Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford now is a Super Bowl champion. And he willed that team. Three touchdown passes. A little bit surprised that Cooper Cup got the MVP. Uh, Not mad at it, but a little bit surprised. But, you know, I got to thinking about Matthew Stafford last night, and I put a poll out on Twitter. By the way, I'm at MikeESPNSA if you want to vote on Twitter. Pledger is at IamPledger. But let's talk about Matthew Stafford. What does he need to do to make the Hall of Fame? And I don't want to be hypocritical when it comes to this, because I have said in the past that Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, Eli Manning has two Super Bowl rings. And again, both of them against Brady, the GOAT. But his overall record in the regular season as a starting quarterback was 117 and 117. 500. He's a 500 quarterback with two rings. And in fact, Eli had to get his last game, had to win the last game in order to get to 500. But I think it's universal that we all assume that Eli Manning is going to be in the Hall of Fame. But taking a look at Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford has very similar stats. You know, Eli Manning retired with around 58,000 yards passing and a 117-117 record. Right now, Matthew Stafford is like five yards short of 50,000. But his record as a starter is 86-95-1. Does he get a pass because the Detroit, the Detroit Lions suck? Does he get that pass? Are we going to say that actually he was a good quarterback all along, but in a crappy situation? Or do we say that maybe good quarterbacks get crappy teams and at least make them mediocre? Now, don't get me wrong. They had some winning seasons and they had a couple of playoff uh, runs out there, or at least appearances. So they weren't in the, in the cellar the entire time. But I mean, when I think of Matthew Stafford, when I think of the Detroit Lions, I think to myself, man, that was a losing team. So he's 86 and 95 now. Okay. I brought up the question, is he a Hall of Famer now on Twitter? And I don't think that he is now. But if he gets to 500, can he be considered that? And he gets to the stats of 60,000 yards and beyond. I think there's a legitimate argument to be had. Because you might be looking at this and think to yourself, hey, well, he only has one ring. Well, guess who else has only one ring? Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees. Winning the Super Bowl is difficult. It is nearly impossible. You know, I make fun of Dallas Cowboys fans and whatnot because, you know, it's been 26 years since the last Super Bowl victory for the Cowboys. But at the same time, only one team wins. So I get it. You're going to have stretches where you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Now, can some stretches be too long? Yes, especially for premier franchises. But take a look at the Rams. They What they did was they went all in this year. You know, their window of opportunity to win the Super Bowl was this year. They're not going to repeat next year. They have issues with the salary cap. They have so many different issues when it comes to trying to retain players that they mortgaged everything for this one opportunity. It comes once in a lifetime, like Eminem says, and they took it. They did not miss their chance to blow. They actually took care of business. Congratulations to the LA Rams, Super Bowl champions. Now, here's the thing. Cooper Cup 
that talk about this guy. If we had the ability to go back in time, knowing what we know now then, and we were to do a fantasy football draft, I cannot believe this, but Cooper Cup would be the number one pick in the draft. And next year when we're doing fantasy football, he's going to be one of the tops to go, one of the first to go. Absolutely amazing because he completed the Triple Crown this year. He had the most receptions for wide receivers. He had the most yards for wide receivers. And he had the most touchdowns for wide receivers. And then he goes on. He actually gets a vote for MVP. And he goes on and wins the MVP for the Super Bowl. Absolutely incredible year for Cooper Cup. And we have some breaking news coming into San Antonio sports star Odell Beckham Jr. Torn ACL. He got hurt in the second quarter of that game. And... You know, it's one of those things where had the Bengals won, not only would the narrative have been uh, Jalen Ramsey had his helmet pulled on that one touchdown catch uh, that T. Higgins had. The second thing people would have said was, well, Odell Beckham was on fire in the first half and he went down with an injury. And the Rams won despite all that. Not only that, they won despite the fact that they had two interceptions for uh, Matthew Stafford. They they won despite that. I mean, Burrow had none, right? And Odell Beckham, though, what I'm glad, though, even though he got hurt, he still remained on the sidelines. And he was on the sidelines watching the team win. And when when it, the, the clock got down to zero, the tears coming from his eyes, absolutely remarkable. See, Odell Beckham is somebody that everyone has criticized for one reason or another. I, I, I think they think that he has underachieved in his career but the fact of the matter is, is that like Matthew Stafford, maybe the, the issue is, is that he's had bad teams to play for. Maybe he's had bad quarterbacks to play for. Maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield's fault. You know, maybe it was Eli Manning's fault. But man, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open right now. And we have Jerry on line one wanting to talk about the halftime show. What is going on, Jerry? What's up, man? It's just a halftime show for me, kind of like you mentioned. I liked it a lot. Um, big fan of uh, Eminem, 50 Cent. They were like uh, my guys growing up in high school. So for me, it was a really good show. Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop, too. A little bit before me, but still, uh, still big fans of them. Uh, if you don't and, mind me asking, uh, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 35 this year. Be 35. 2006. Okay. I'm a freshman when... And the club dropped. <laughs> well, there you go. You're, you're at the tail end of, of, of all that, right? And then I'm, I'm sure you've experienced Kendrick Lamar. But of all, all the performances oh, yeah. last night, which one did you like the most? And was there a song missing? Like for you, if they, for me rather, if they had sang Gin and Juice or if Ooh, Eminem yeah. had done, uh, you know, My Name Is, you know, Slim Shady type of songs, I would have thought it would have been a complete show. But was there a song missing for you? I think you hit it right there. It's the Slim Shady. I think that one right there would have, would have been like the strawberry on top, you know. Been, oh yeah, would hundred percent. I think the stadium would have gone crazy. But yeah, I think maybe that one. But and you know, everybody just gets so much time to perform, so you gotta, gotta pick and choose. Um, and real quick on the game itself, great game. I was pulling for for Joey B to win that, but yeah. you know, he still has uh, probably at least fourteen more seasons if he if he stays good. And since he they they look good, man. They've I don't think, like you said earlier, with the Rams having to pick who they're going to have to pay and 
no no draft picks. I think since he's sitting good, especially with that uh, AFC North, mm-hmm. I think they're top dogs right now. Cause I agree. You know, no QB. The Browns are the Browns, and you don't know about Baltimore. You know, I, I get it. Hey, Jerry, thank you for calling in. He says that he was going for Joe Burrow. Thanks for the call. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. You know, the good thing about the Bengals, though, is that they have Joe Burrow for the next couple of seasons on a rookie contract. So they're not paying him much. I think they're paying him like 9 or $10 million a year. You know, you compare that to what other teams are paying quarterbacks in the range of 35 to $45 million a year. So the Bengals have an open opportunity. Their window's still open. It's just very tough in that AFC, man, because you have to go through Mahomes. You have to go through Josh Allen. You have to go through Lamar Jackson. You have to go through Justin Herbert. I mean, it's gonna it's murderer's row in the AFC. Right now, I think it's easier to go through the NFC, especially after Tom Brady retired. But, man, what a great game. Again, the Rams beat the Bengals last night 23-20. Again, huge fan of the halftime show. I wish it was longer. I think that's the big complaint that people have who actually like this music because they said, you know what, 14 minutes was not enough. 18 to 20 would have been perfect. But all in all, it'll go down as one of my top five favorites of all time. But uh, good times, man. Good times. And we have another hour and 40 minutes of halftime to go. When we call, come back, let's talk about the Spurs. Because, uh, you know, Spurs Twitter, you know, we're all nice to each other most of the time. But they're a little bit pissed off at me right now. Because I mentioned the fact that I am happy. I am happy that Derek White is no longer on this team. And a lot of Spurs fans are upset with that. But there's a reason behind it, and we are seeing it already. We have more halftime to go on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Take a break from the hustle. This is Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter description and recipe at sasportstar.com and you could win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market, winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on the Blitz. Takes me back to Joe's Volcano, baby. Welcome back. My name is Michael Jimenez, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. We go from noon to 2, talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. And you know what? I asked for callers. Ask and you shall receive. We have Brian on the line. Let's talk about Matthew Stafford and whether he's Hall of Fame worthy or not. What's going on, Brian? Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that topic that you had, uh, had mentioned. Uh, it feels worthy of the of the Hall of Fame. Um, and I would, you know, like to venture on, on you know, is that would that be uh, accurate to say that Barry Sanders would be worthy of, worthy of the Hall of Fame? With his uh, with his team that he was on again, he was with the with the mediocre team, but he put up stellar numbers. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. You know, it's a very good point. Uh, Barry Sanders is a member of the Hall of Fame. He was enshrined in two thousand four. Appreciate the call, Brian. You know, uh, the thing about it is, is that uh, Barry Sanders is considered to be an all time great, and Matthew Stafford is not. You know, when you talk about the greatest of all time. Or, or the greats of, of, of the last 15, 20 years of quarterback play, his name doesn't come up. I mean, in fact, Matthew Stafford only has one Pro Bowl appearance. 
I tried comparing him to Eli Manning earlier, and Eli has four Pro Bowl appearances. So, you know, when you think about the best quarterbacks of the last 25 years, you're going to think, obviously, of Brady first, and then Rodgers. I mean, Roethlisberger has three rings. Eli Manning has two. Peyton Manning has two. Uh, you know, you're going to look at uh, Drew Brees. And the list goes on and on and on before you get to Matthew Stafford. And I think it's because Matthew Stafford has been on teams that have been losing for so long. Now, we all saw Barry Sanders as a great. In fact, there are some people who consider Barry Sanders to be the greatest talent as a running back of all time. I personally believe the greatest running back is Emmett Smith. But that being said, uh, you mentioned uh, Barry Sanders. Uh, I just got back from Radio Row in Los Angeles. And uh, while I was there, I was getting snacks for the fellas. They asked me to get some water and some chips. And I'm at this table, looked over to the left, and there's this guy that I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. And I was like, is that Barry Sanders? Because it's been a while since I've seen his face, and he has gotten older. And I was kind of thinking about it in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm about 5'7", five, 5'7 seven, five, seven He's about 5'8", if I remember. We're the same height. So, yeah, it was Barry Sanders. But, uh, you know, so to answer your question again, um, I don't think that Matthew Stafford would get the same respect that Barry Sanders got when it came to consideration for the Hall of Fame. But, you know, if Matthew Stafford pads his stats, makes another Pro Bowl or two, gets to a winning record, I think he will get in there, not as a first ballot, but maybe over time. Now, Fred wants to talk to us online, too, about the Rams still being able to contend. What's going on, Fred? Yes. Uh, do you want me to talk about the um, the Stratford uh, going to the Hall of Fame? Whatever's uh, on your mind, there's... baby. Whatever's on your mind. Yeah. Um, Hall of Fame, uh, I, I, I would think, yeah, coming from uh, the Detroit He's kind of worthy, but it's kind of one of those things where you're not a trend built for at that time. You know, remember with the Ravens? Yeah, but the the, the Ravens were were the Ravens never going to wear a yellow jacket. Well, stay on the stay on the line, stay on the line. I want to address that. The Ravens were carried by the defense. That was a defense oriented team, right? And there was nothing that Trent Dilfer did other than not mess up. Matthew Stafford had three touchdown passes last night. You know, he led the yeah. team on a last-minute drive. But I see what you're saying there in the sense that, you know, he's had losing records. Right now I'm looking up Drew Brees, for example. Drew Brees also has one ring. His record all-time as a starter was uh, 172 and 114. I mean, that's a very good record. That's 60, you know, over a 60% accuracy there as a starter. Not bad. But, uh, I mean, if you had a, if you had a, to talk, you want to talk also about the Rams and whether they can contend in the future. What's on your mind with that? Oh, yeah, so when the, the Rams going forward, like you're saying, that it's a lot of cash issues going forward, uh, cash space, this and that. I think they're still in the vicinity of going forward as a Super Bowl contender. Maybe let's not say that word, um, repeat, you know. It's too soon to say that, to see what happens in the offseason, because I, I think – their division, everything is still strong, but um, it's going to be more or less uh, the Cowboy talk, this, that. But um, on the other side, coming from what happened last night, it's going to be Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, Bills, Chiefs. They're not going to give respect to the Bengals, but the Bengals, I think, will still be the creeper at the end, you know. But, like, the other guy was saying earlier, 
Joe Burrow might be that Dan Marino. He'll never get a chance to go back. And isn't you know? that isn't that tragic, man? I appreciate the phone call. That is tragic, man, because Marino is an all time great as well. You know, and he has the stats and 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 arguably one of the greatest talents at quarterback that has ever played football. And he didn't get that glory either. And that's why it's so hard. And right now, you're taking a look at the NFC right now. It is easier for the NFC for a team to to go through the NFC right now. That's why Cowboy fans should, should be optimistic and hopeful still. Because, man, you take a look at it. Tampa Bay, right? They were a contender this year. Tom Brady has retired. What about the 49ers? The 49ers, you know, they went far, really tough defense. Jimmy G will probably not be the quarterback next year. So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving and shaking going on right now that the Cowboys could put themselves in really good position because you take a look at the Packers. Packers haven't been to the Super Bowl in over a decade. So the idea that Aaron Rodgers is like this this guy that's going to get that team over the hump is not a is not an accurate thing to say. The NFC is completely wide open. And you take a look at the Bengals. The Bengals, just a couple of years ago, were two and fourteen. Come out four and eleven and one last year, and then this year get a minute and a half away from winning a Super Bowl. Absolutely amazing. Hey, let's switch gears now and talk about the Spurs. You know, talk about uh, turnarounds. Maybe it's a mini turnaround right now, but um, how about them Spurs? Winners of two in a row tonight, trying to make it three in a row against the Chicago Bulls. Get to see DeMar DeRozan again, but this time it's on the road. Rodeo road trip. Spurs are right now two and one on the rodeo road trip. And I kind of ticked off a handful of Spurs fans because I said on Twitter over the weekend that I am glad that Derek White is no longer on this team. I'm happy that he is gone. And people think that I'm a complete hater when it comes to that. But no, this is what was needed for this team to get better. Now, it's kind of weird because when I made that statement... Derek White had just made his debut with the Celtics, and he looked good. He looked really good. And a lot of the Boston media was out there saying, man, this Derek White guy is good, you know? But just because he's a good player doesn't mean that he's the right player for you, okay? People are nice. I mean, just because you meet somebody and they're nice doesn't mean that they're a good fit for you either in a relationship, right? It's all about putting it all together. You take a look at the Spurs. The Spurs have gotten rid of DeMar DeRozan, who's averaging 27.5 points a game right now. And you look at that and go, well, man, we shouldn't have gotten rid of him. And then you take a look at Derek White and go, oh, man, look at him balling out for the Celtics. And look at Patty Mills with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. We shouldn't have gotten rid of them. But no, that is not the thing. It's all about building a team together. What we're looking at there are spare parts. DeMar DeRozan needs to have the ball in his hands at all times. Uh, Derek White is a player who can't make a three-pointer to save his life. And Patty Mills was taking up the minutes of some of the young guys. I have been on Team Tank from the very beginning this year, saying that I do not want this team to get a lot of wins. But this is not hypocritical for me to say, because I put a caveat on there. I said if Vassell was starting, Primo was getting minutes, White was out, that I would change my mind. And right now, I don't care what happens between now and the end of the year. If they rack up a lot of L's and get a good lottery pick, great. If they make a run towards the play-in tournament, great too. Because I'm taking a look at this lineup, and this is what I wanted. I'm a huge Spurs fan. I'm a diehard Spurs fan, and I have wanted this lineup from the very beginning because this is the optimal lineup. A lineup of DeJounte Murray, 
with Devin Vassell, who, by the way, is averaging 17 points as a starter the past two games on 56% shooting. He compliments DeJounte Murray. Derek White never did, man. Derek White was another point guard. They had two point guards out there. He was never really a shooting guard. But Devin Vassell has the skill set that complements DeJounte Murray very well. And what does that do? Well, Keldon Johnson can do his thing. McBuckets can do his thing. And Pirtle's doing his thing. And now you have a team who has the best players with the highest upside on the court at one time. And meantime, Joshua Primo is getting anywhere between 18 and 28 minutes. This is ideal for the Spurs. Oh, and on top of all that, don't know if you know this, but because of all the trades with Thad Young and, and Derek White, the Spurs right now have three first-round picks for this upcoming summer. Right now, you know, before the lottery, it's slated at 17, 19, and 20. What we need, what we're cheering for as Spurs fans, we need to cheer that the Boston Celtics lose. We need to cheer that the Toronto Raptors lose because that would improve those spots. That would improve those first-round draft picks and have better draft capital. Do you think the Spurs are going to draft three first-rounders this year? No! No way in the world they're going to do that because that is going to be used for other things. A potential trade. That is all trade capital there. Spurs have three first-rounders this year and two in 2025. I have made fun of Brian Wright, the GM of the Spurs, for so long. In fact, I called him the hologram for over a year because I'm a believer that he didn't exist. Because he doesn't do much media. No one could recognize him if we were at the street. If we ran into the Spurs GM at HEB, none of us would know who he is. None of us. But everything that I've asked for, he and the front office have done. Get something for Thad Young. Man, they turned that into a first-round draft pick. Get rid of Bryn Forbes. He's terrible on defense, and he's streaky, and they got rid of him, and they got some second-rounders and whatnot for that. Get rid of Derek White. Nice guy, community guy, obviously a friend of many people, and when I say I don't want him on this team, I'm not saying that I don't like him as a person. I don't like him as a player who comp to compliment DeJounte Murray because everything needs to revolve around DeJounte Murray. He is the Spurs' best player. And think about it. The Spurs got rid of Derek White. Why? He was under contract for a few more years. It's because it became obvious to them that he did not compliment DeJounte. So we need to look at this and think to ourselves that, man, this was a good thing. This was a really good week for Spurs fans. We now have hope. So I'm taking a look at this right now. The Spurs have three first-rounders. That means more is to come. We've always said the Spurs never do anything around draft around the, the, the trade deadline. But we had three trades in a, within a matter of weeks. Two in one week. They're doing their job. The front office is doing their job. And now, here's the thing. Again, I'm going to change my mind on something. I've always wanted Pop to retire because I felt that he was not the guy for a rebuild. And I still believe that. But if the Spurs are not rebuilding and are suddenly reloading, let's say the Spurs have $40 million in cap space and get a Zach Levine, we trade for a Carl Anthony Towns, we do something like that, and now we have Carl Anthony Towns, 
DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson out there, and we have a, a, a good draft pick? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who who else would I want as the coach at that point? I would want Greg Popovich as the coach. So I'm going to complete 180 on everything, and it's not being hypocritical. Because some of you might be driving around right now, in a drive through right now at Whataburger, going, didn't this dude say a week ago or two weeks ago that you want to pop gone? And that the, you wanted the Spurs to lose? Man, that all changed. Things change as things develop. And the Spurs, man, turned the corner in a big way last week. What's up, Pledge? It's not flip-flopping in this instance, as Ronald Schmicka says, the acquired flip-flop, here we go. It When you're given new information, you can change your stance, much like this year. I All season, I said, lose, tank, lose games, whatever it may be. This is a team that isn't going to make the play-in. It's not very good. Well, here's the issue. They've started playing Josh Primo more. Devin Vassell's in the starting lineup. I now, after seeing this team post-trade deadline without Derek White, have changed my stance to hammer the under like I was in the preseason to this is a team that's going to make the play-in and possibly the playoffs. And if they get into the play-in, it's not out of the realm of possibility that I think that they win and actually cement themselves in the playoffs now. They can make a run. And they are one game out right now. The Spurs right now with a record of 22-35. and Portland Trailblazers are currently 10 at 23 and 34. Spurs are one game out. Now, this is the rodeo road trip, so they have games on the road, and that's going to be more difficult again tonight against the Chicago Bulls. But man, I take a look at this team, and I'm thinking to myself, this is the lineup that I've wanted. And this is the lineup that I want to go see. I've seen the Spurs play in action in person once this year, but I didn't like what was on the, on the court. But now my guys are out there. Everything that I've ever wanted from Brian Wright as GM of the Spurs. Everything I've ever wanted out of R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich is coming true, has come true. Now the Spurs can make a run at something. And you know what? And if they lose, well, then great. They have a better better lot of uh, position. More, more ping pong balls, as we like to say. But, man, I'm excited about this Spurs team. We'll talk more about the Spurs in the 1 o'clock hour. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines, baby are open at 656-ESPN. That is 656-ESPN. You know, um, I might be a hypocrite in one thing, though. You know I don't like the Cowboys, okay? That's that's Minix's job. That's Rob Thompson's job. And to some extent, that's Rudy Jace. I'm not a big Cowboy fan, but uh, over the weekend, I had a shot of tequila with Emmett Smith. And he melted me. Man, man, oh man. Let's talk about this, man. When we come back, I want to talk about all the fun things that happened on Radio Row. Stories that you may not have heard already. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna censor some of it because, you know, some of the things that happen in Los Angeles stay in Los Angeles. I know that's for Vegas, but I'm gonna move that over to LA. We're gonna talk about Radio Row and all the fun that happened over there at one o'clock, more Super Bowl talk. Joe Burrow, what does this mean for him? You know, what's next for the Bengals? And at 1.30, I want to get into more 90s music. I mean, that halftime show I absolutely loved. We're going to get into it. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. (laughs) 
This is Jason Minnick. Get home with me and Joe Reinagle this afternoon, 4 till 7. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Yeah, baby. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. A big thank you to AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipes Small Batch Pork Rinds for sponsoring big game coverage in Los Angeles. Radio Row for Super Bowl 56. Had a great time, Pledge. I, I, I have the best job in the world working here at the station, Alpha <laughs> Media, out there. Because uh, I didn't see any other San Antonio radio stations out there. I didn't see any San Antonio TV stations out at Radio Row. We were the ones who brought you this coverage, and it was so much fun out there. But I want to show the backstories of what was going on. And let them know that on our website, thanks to those sponsors, we have all of our big game coverage. We have the Michael Irvin interview still. We have the Emmett Smith interview, if you missed it, and it's the video so you can see the players, Kyle Turley, uh, Mel Renfro, all of them. Uh, the pl- uh, you had James Edward uh, Edward James almost on. You had off the off the air. Actually, you had Jer- uh, Eric Kramer, the former yeah. Lions quarterback. You had um, Khalil Herbert, the Bears running back. He was so much fun. You know, talking to talking to a young running back who finished his rookie season and asking him if uh, he realized that he was a fantasy darling for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Yes, everyone picked me up. <laughs> he, he knows this. He talked to me about how he enjoys fantasy football. But again, AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Thank you so much. But man, it was a great time out there. It was an absolute great time. But uh, I have some of, the, some of the funny moments pledge of what happened out there. One of the ones was at the, on the last night. It was a lot of work, a lot of play. But the last night we were there... We got to spend time with Emmett Smith at uh, the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, which was amazing. Bragger. Okay. So after the fellas interviewed, after Minix and Ryan Agle interviewed uh, Emmett Smith, his people were like, hey, we're throwing a, a nice little party tonight at the Roosevelt. Do you guys want to go? And we were like, uh, yeah. So I go over there thinking to myself, there'll be two, three, four hundred people there, right? It's going to be a big old thing. But instead, there were only about... 45 to 50 people there, and of which maybe about 10 of them were employees. So I'm like, okay, a party of 40, and we're five of them. On top of that, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers running back was also there, and he was loving Emmett Smith and hanging out with him as well. But the thing about meeting Emmett Smith was uh, he has his tequila that he sponsors, Eredura uh, Tequila, which, by the way, you can find at Texas Cheer Liquor. And in order to, to, to hang out with him and take a photo with him, you had to actually go through four stations and take a shot at every single station. So it was four different types of tequilas that were paired with different types of food. You know, so you could have, you know, uh, this piece of meat with tequila. At, at the end, it was chocolate, right? Uh, but we were four or five shots in. We finally got to meet Emmett Smith again. You know, we had, we had met him during the interview, but this was more at the party. He took photos with us and hanging out with him. And it's so funny because I think about it. I am not a Cowboys fan, but I've had drinks in my lifetime with both Emmett Smith and Jerry Jones. And uh, 
Still not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Drew Pearson, I've interviewed him before, and he has melted me as well. I don't know if anything could make it happen. Um, I don't know, man, but it was funny. But I'll think about it for a little while. Maybe I just won't be as hard on the on the Cowboys. Maybe I'll just be nicer to Cowboy fans out there. But some of my favorite moments, by the way, we went to Universal Studios after the Emmett Smith party, and we are on this Jurassic World ride and at the end of the ride there are these two t-rexes that attack your your car and it was so realistic and and mind you i'm sitting down in this car it's myself and and rudy j and 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 joe reinagle and and rob thompson and i just hear rudy j look over at me and go oh no it was the funniest reaction to that whole scenario, because everyone's screaming, and he goes, oh no, the, he said it that way, it was classic, it was classic, uh, dude, I got made fun of the entire trip, because I got lost every it morning, it getting... wasn't just you, yeah, what's that, it wasn't just you, that what, got made fun of that way, oh no, no, we all got made fun of, Rob, for bailing on the cigar party really, really early, Rudy, uh, complete fanboying out. Yeah, Rudy J going out there and saying that he's fans of the Eagles and fans of the Giants because he wanted to shake Saquon Barkley's hands. And my favorite is the fact that people are shocked by this, the fact that Rudy would fanboy around people when they were in Oxnard together and he is yelling at Jalen Brown from the deck in Nobu down to the beach about 300 yards away. Yeah, it's so funny, man. But whatever it takes to get an autograph. I mean, I got an autograph from Warren Moon, so I got to hang out with him. I met Joe Montana. Uh, I went up to Ocho Cinco and asked him for a selfie. He picked me up. Like, he gave me a bear hug and picked me up. That was kind of funny. Uh, got to meet The Miz from WWE. Interviewed Edward James Olmos, who, by the way, stars in Mayans MC on Hulu. Started watching that show because of it. Really good. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a off it's a off offshoot of Sons, Sons of, of Anarchy. Yeah. So really fun time out there. But man, I was made fun of a lot for getting lost. Uh, I put dishwashing soap in the dishwasher, and it caused the Why? it caused a foam party in the Why kitchen. Why would you do that? I do that's I do that from home every once in a you... while. Why? Why would you put do that at home? <laughs> Dude, sometimes you run out of... Are you trying to do what Minix did and break the appliance to where you never have to do it again? (laughs) Minix will probably tell me that I did break it and that I owe him a deposit, but he won't provide proof. I know that's coming. But one of my favorite (laughs) things, though, was we were at uh, McDonald's, and uh, they forgot to charge us for cheese. And the girl goes, hey, uh, sir, um, we're going to have to add 65 cents to your total because we forgot to add cheese. And I just responded back with, makes sense. And Joe Reinagle thought that was the funniest thing of all time. He just kept on saying, makes sense, to every situation going on for a good 24 hours. You know, they'll be like, you know, uh, you know, your table will be ready in about 12 minutes, sir. Makes sense. I don't know why he thought that was so funny, but it made me laugh. But, uh, man, it was good times out there. I have the best job in the world here at San Antonio Sports Star, and I absolutely loved it. And I look forward to future adventures with those guys. But, man... We have another hour of halftime to go. When we come back, we're talking more Spurs, more Super Bowl, some more music, baby. Let's get some 90s music going. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime.
It's hour number two of halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. We're also live on Facebook and YouTube. Search San Antonio Sports Star. Like and subscribe. You can check us out. Leave a comment or two. I'm on Twitter right now at MikeESPNSA. James Pledger is producing the show. He is at I am Pledger. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. So for those of you who are listening right now who haven't gotten your girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, husband, anything for Valentine's Day, there is still time. It's important. I know a lot of people say Valentine's Day is commercial and it doesn't mean anything and it's all about this, that, and the other. And you know what? So is other things. If you have time, though, don't do the store flowers from, like, 7-Eleven or Walgreens. Like, let's preface there's still time to go get a real gift. Yes. uh, Jewelry places are open because if you don't get it now, you're going to have to get it later. Okay? Because if your girlfriend or wife said that she does not want anything... Trap. It's a trap. She does. You know, I have fallen victim of that trap. And this morning, I got up and I went to Flower Rama on Babcock Road... And, uh, you know, I mentioned on Twitter that I was romantic enough to buy my wife a dozen long stem roses with the Aww. whole, the whole everything, you know, it's, it's in a vase and it has all the spread and has lilies and all of that stuff, but I was not going to pay for the delivery. Oh, that is where they get you. That is the scam right there because I'm not going to pay delivery for 40, 50 bucks because they're one mile from the hospital that my wife works at. No, I'm going to go over there. And and get it myself. I took it to the university hospital, gave it to my wife, and uh, she was happy with it. You know, so I did my duty as a husband. And I know a lot of people say, "Well, it's a made-up holiday." Well, I mean, most holidays are made up. You know, all holidays are made up, and all of them have been commercialized. Thanksgiving's commercialized, Christmas commercialized, Valentine's is, Halloween is. It just is what it is. We are a commercialized society, and that's what we do. But I don't see the problem with telling your spouse or your significant other that you love them and having a day designated for that, you know, because, you know, they might not be all moms. And so therefore they don't get a mother's day or they don't get a father's day. And I'm taking a look at it and I'm, I'm honored to be my wife's husband. Our 10 year anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. I cannot believe it's been 10 years, man. But, uh, Selena, if you're listening, I love you like crazy. You're my girl. You're my girl. Oh, she reaches out on Facebook. (laughs) I just want food. Make me a steak and baked potato and done. It's girl, a trap. That, no, 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 no. She got her flowers, but girl, it is done. I love you, woman. You are my girl. I, there is nobody in the world that I want to spend time watching TV with every night before going to bed. And Whoa. it's good times. Oh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, Saturdays are for the boys, but Saturday night's for the missus. Okay. <laughs> Unless I keep you out all night. Oh, I know. But you know what? She doesn't <laughs> mind that every once in a while. You know, she needs her free time. And I was gone for, at Radio Row for six days. And you know what? She needed that time. But man, I left my laptop inside the plane. And I had, so my wife came to pick me up. And the kids were in the car. And I'm sitting there going, I cannot find my laptop. I thought I left it in the bathroom, but I left it on the plane. And I had to sit there and wait for like an hour for them to clean the plane, deboard it put people back on and because they wouldn't let me pass TSA. And by the way, the funniest thing about the trip was that at Radio Road, the swag there was awful. 
Okay, the swag there sucked. Apparently, wow. a lot of companies go out there and give you stuff, but there was really not much going on. I mean, I got a Subway footlong. But there was an old spice booth there that gave away free deodorant. And every time you'd go by, they would give you one or two. So I went by over a dozen times. I came home with 13 sticks of deodorant. Every time I went by, I was like, man, it's like putting $7 in my pocket, baby. But the problem was, was that my suitcase was too heavy. Because if it's more than 50 pounds, you got to pay 100 bucks. So I was like, how much is it? They're like, 53 pounds. I went into my suitcase, got all 13 sticks of deodorant out, put it in my backpack. You had three pounds of deodorant? Yes, three pounds. Three of the 53 was deodorant. And they put I put it back on there, and I was like, boop, 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 score. Got it right at 49.8. It's off just for the 30 bucks standard as opposed to the 100. But the funniest part, Pledge was that when I went to TSA to get through, they grabbed my backpack and took it off to the side. They didn't, like, wand it or or put that chemical thing on there to see if there's any explosives or anything. They went out, and they were like, we have suspicious things in your backpack. So inside my backpack, I had my, my, my cell phone charger, my laptop charger, and 13 sticks of deodorant. And they were like, this just looks funny. And it was fantastic. But man, uh, right now, Jason Minnick just walked into the studio, gave Pledger an autograph of Warren Moon, who was one of the nicest guys. And of course, I had to prove my fandom, my Houston Oilers fandom. When I met Warren Moon, I went and I talked about like 15 of his teammates just to prove, just to prove that I was a Houston Oilers fan. I was like, man, you know, when you had Rozier and Pinkett and Drew Hill and Ernest Givens and, and Haywood Jeffries and Curtis Duncan and you had... Chris Dishman and Mike Munchak and Ray Childress, I felt like I had to prove that I was a fan, unlike Rudy J, who just absolutely lies to these professional athletes and says that he is a big fan. I did not lie. I had to prove it by saying who it was. Houston was my team growing up, but right now I'm a Saints fan. I had to jump on another team. I wasn't going to follow them like Ryan Eagle to Tennessee. So I now cheer for the Saints, and I have ever since Katrina and the Spurs came I mean, the Saints came to San Antonio. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. We're on ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Again, thank you again to AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipes, Small Batch Pork Rinds for making that trip possible. It was good times. But man, again, there is time to get your significant other something for Valentine's Day. And Pledge, i got to ask you a question, man. Did you have a Valentine this year? I don't. There's still time. Is there? Because every Valentine's Day has a Valentine's night. Oh, you're talking about Desperation Day. No, well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it, man. You know, they have those Galentine's parties. Have you seen that? I mean, I'm, I was I was oh, yeah. certain that you were at like the Pub this weekend and checking out the Galentine's parties. For those of you who don't know, it's when single women get together who don't have Valentine's dates and they get together the weekend before to go out. And they're like, oh, we're celebrating Galentine's. You were not scoping that out, Pledge? Are you serious? I wasn't. I'll be honest. While y'all were having fun at all these parties, I was... Working. <laughs> working extremely hard. And so when I finally finished on Saturday late afternoon... I went home and took about a five-hour nap, <laughs> woke up for about two, 
and then went back to bed. <laughs> well, thank you for doing all that you do because it wasn't only the sponsors that made this happen. It was Pleasure. It was Carl. Uh, it was Edwin because, man, they did a lot of work out here. But, man, Super Bowl 56 is in the history books. The Rams took out the Bengals 23-20. What a close game. What a fun game to watch. Man, I was in charge of the squares at my house. So I sold $5 squares and $10 squares to friends and family. And I also had a different game called Scenario Squares where I came up with like certain scenarios that could happen. And it was so much fun. One of the scenarios was, will there be a non-quarterback named as MVP? There was one also that I put out there that would there be any Tupac holograms or images at the halftime show? And there weren't any. I was so pissed off about that. That's one thing about the halftime show that I didn't like. But, man, all in all, I did enjoy it. But, man, again, the Rams, congratulations to Matthew Stafford, to Cooper Cup, and to Aaron Donald. Let's talk about Aaron Donald. One of the greatest defensive players in the NFL right now who is now saying that he's contemplating retirement. He's only 30 years old. Played for the Rams eight seasons, made the Pro Bowl seven of those seasons. Aaron Donald is a stud. And I tell you what, if he retires at 30, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. You know, because the guy is just the man. And I'm taking a look at Aaron Donald and 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 thinking about players like Andrew Luck and other players who have retired early. I'm 100% supportive of that. They have made their money. And in this guy's case, he has gotten that glory. He is a Super Bowl champion. If he walks away from the game right now, we should all applaud him for doing so because too many players get hurt, have injuries, have sustained head issues and things like that. We were at a party on Thursday night for Mike Ditka and, and Ron Jaworski. It was a cigar party out there in Los Angeles. And that charity benefits those who get hurt on the field because they have a hard, they had a hard time with co-payments, with surgeries, with, with medical bills and things like that. And these are players that we cheered on in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and the early 2000s. They weren't taken care of by the NFL. The NFL did a bad job taking care of these guys, and they profited off these guys on the field, but the second that they were needed, they went away. They took off. And that's that's sad. But Aaron Donald, man, at 30 years old, wanting to walk away, potentially retired, just like Brady. Brady doing it at 44. This guy doing it at 30. It's all the same to me, man. Congratulations to Aaron Donald. You know, um, I'm thinking about Joe Burrow. I was going for the Bengals. The Bengals were my team. They were my AFC team. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that it's okay to have a favorite team and cheer for another team in a different conference as long as your team is out of the playoffs. That, those are Michael Jimenez's rules. Again, your team has to be out, and the other team has to be from a different conference. That's why I make fun of Rudy Jay, who cheers for the Bears and the Cowboys. That makes no sense to me. When I look at the Bengals, though, around... Thanksgiving, I was looking at that team thinking to myself, this is a team that is rounding into form and has what it needs to make a run because I love the quarterback play. They had clutch kicking. The defense was doing well. They had a trio of receivers that are amazing in, in, in Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins. The problem was the offensive line. And Burrow got sacked seven times last night. And I firmly believe that if he had a better offensive line, they would have won that game. And they would have won that game going away. They were a minute 25 away from winning that game. But Joe Burrow. Can I interest you in a Laramie, Laramie Tunsil? Yeah. Cincinnati? 
this offseason before the draft? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what will it cost? What will it cost? Because he needs a left tackle. He needs a right guard. He needs basically everybody in that offensive line. But they've done what they needed to do. They got him Jamar Chase. They got him the weapons. They just need to protect him now. I think the Bengals should really do offensive line first, second, and third round. Hey, but the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN, 656-ESPN. Don't be afraid to call in. I'm a nice guy. We can talk whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about the Super Bowl last night, the halftime show. We want to talk about the Spurs, who are now 2-0 and without Derek White. Hey, I'm taking a look at uh, Joe Burrow's age. He was born December 10th, 1996, which means he just turned 25 years old. The AFC is rough, man. The AFC is absolutely rough when you have Josh Allen, when you have Lamar Jackson. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. A lot of good young quarterbacks are out there. Joe Burrow, a minute 25 away from being a Super Bowl champ. He may never get that opportunity again. They do have a window that's open, though, but it's going to be a tough window to go through because a lot of things fell into place when it came to this Bengals team. But Joe Burrow is such a winner, and uh, I, I was looking forward to him winning this game. They were up late, and I was thinking to myself, man, he would have been probably one of the five biggest stars in the NFL had he won. He would have been the new Joe Namath. You know, you know, way to go, Joe, and all of that going on, Joe Cool and all that stuff. He would have been that guy. He was a minute and a half away from being that guy. Can you imagine within a couple of years winning the national title in college football for LSU and then going out there and winning the Super Bowl? He was that close, man. He was that close, but man, Joe Burrow, what a stud. What an absolute stud. Uh, Joe Mixon had a good game out there. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., if you did not hear, uh, has a torn MCL. He's going to be out for a while. And if I'm not mistaken, he's also a free agent as well. Lots to, to go into this game. Cooper Cup, amazing. Absolutely amazing game last night. But the Rams took it home 23-20. And they have a lot of free agents this year. This may be the last time that they make a true run unless they can clear some cap space, unless they can get rid of some certain players and make it happen again. Hey, Spurs are back in action tonight. It's an early tip-off, 7 p.m. It's on NBA TV. Spurs right now are 22-35, and 35, taking on the Bulls, who are coming in at 36-21. and 21. Get a chance to watch the Spurs take on their former teammate, DeMar DeRozan, who, by the way, in the last five games, is averaging over 38 points per game. The last time that happened for the Bulls, some guy named Michael Jordan did it. DeJounte Murray, though, has been on a tear ever since Derek White took off, ever since he was traded to Boston. DeJounte is now averaging 20 points per game. And to me right there, that answers all things when it comes to whether or not he should have been an all-star. He is now averaging 20 points per game, averaging nine assists, eight rebounds, and over two steals, leads the league in steals. The guy is a legit all-star. I'm super excited that he will be part of the all-star team. But man, tonight, we get to take a look at the Spurs' new starting lineup. Again, they are 2-0 and together since Derek White has been gone. We're taking a look at DeJounte Murray at point, Devin Vassell as a shooting guard, Keldon Johnson at the three, McBuckets at four, and Pirtle at the five. This was a starting lineup I wanted the entire time, man. This was a tie. This was the this was the lineup. This is the roster. Brian Wright, Greg Popovich. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it going. 
and we are only one game out of the playing game. What's up, Pledge? I want to know what you think about this, because I think that the Derek White trade holds even more value than we initially thought. I think Josh Richardson's about to take Lonnie Walker's minutes. That's interesting, because the Spurs got some pieces there uh, beyond Josh Richardson. I mean, the Spurs got some 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 pieces there in these trades that might develop into something. I'm trying to think, who did they get that was... Uh, Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford from Boston. You know, that guy was drafted in the mid-first round just about four years ago. Didn't crack a rotation, but the dude's only 22, 23 years old, and he's a young guy who can play. And They'll try and develop he, him in the G League, I bet. Yeah, you can't teach height, but he might be something that develops, and the Spurs also got rid of the contract of Drew Eubanks. This was a good week, Spurs fans. Man, I'm excited. Woo! I've been waiting for this. Like, you know, whenever you say, if I was general manager, I would want to accomplish this, 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 and this. And man, Brian Wright did it. He did it. So my apologies to Brian Wright, general manager of the San Antonio Spurs. I will no longer call you the hologram. I am off team tank. I am off. I am now on team. Let the chips fall where they may. If the Spurs lose and get into the lottery, great. Spurs make their way into the playoffs. Great. I'm all about it because the Spurs now have hope. And I know when I said that on air uh, last week, people laughed at me. They were like, what do you mean they have hope? The Spurs always had hope. No, they didn't. A week ago, the Spurs had a two-guard that didn't compliment DeJounte Murray. A week ago, the Spurs did not have the draft capital to do a legitimate trade. And people asked the question, well, I know Joe Reinigo asked me, he goes, you always say that free agents will come here. Well, they're not going to come here for $20 million. A good one isn't. Small market teams have to pay a tax. It's a small market tax. And we have to overpay by 20 or 30%. And now we have the cap space to do it. So now, in the words of Morpheus in The Matrix, I'm starting to believe. Yes, I'm, I'm referring to myself as Neo. Yes, I'm Neo in this whole situation. But man, uh, the Spurs have done everything that I've always wanted them to do. They got rid of Derek White, a fan favorite. But again, it's all about DeJounte Murray. You need two stars to make the playoffs. You need three stars to make a run. And the Spurs have one star and two budding ones in Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. And we have no idea what we have with Joshua Primo other than the fact that he looks decent. He looks good. He looks like he has the mental fortitude, the the mental ability to make a run, unlike Alani Walker, who... You know, man, Lonnie Walker is just a player that has disappointed me, but you can tell he takes he takes it very hard. And I feel bad for Lonnie Walker, man. You know, Lonnie Walker, I think if he goes off to a different team, you know, I think Lonnie Walker should look at Patty Mills and he should look at Bryn Forbes and DeMar DeRozan and Derek Wyatt and show that, you know what, you can succeed outside of the silver and black. You can go out and 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 play well. He needs a change of scenery. I wish him luck, man. And he had a good game last game against the Pelicans. But the game before that, he had an awful game. That's that's Lonnie Walker right there. Good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. But again, the Spurs tonight taking on the Bulls. 7 p.m. tip-off from Chicago NBA TV. I'm going for the Spurs pledge. I cannot believe this. Am I off Team, ta- team Tank? You and me both. Team ch- wherever the chips may fall. But right now, pledge, the Spurs right now, if the season were to end right now, and there was no lottery, 
the Spurs would be drafting 7, 19, and 20. And there's absolutely no way in the world. I would bet a lot of money that there's no way in the world the Spurs actually draft all three players. They're not going to have three rookies. That's not going to happen. Maybe we package 19 and 20 to move up from 7 to 4. Maybe we package these three and send them to another team for a trade. We also have Chicago's 2025 first-round draft pick in our back pocket. The Spurs have draft capital. The Spurs have cap space. The Spurs have budding players. A week ago right now, I was so upset as a Spurs fan, so disappointed. But after all of these moves, good times, man. Good times are coming ahead. And the AT&T Center, when the guys come back from the rodeo road trip, will be rocking. And when we come back, let's talk more about that halftime show. I loved it. I don't care what anyone says. I love the halftime show. We're going to get into some 90s music and also some of the best comments that we've had. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open still at 656-ESPN if you want to talk about Spurs. If you want to talk about Matthew Stafford, the is he a Hall of Famer? If you want to talk about the Super Bowl or the halftime show, reach out to us. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM, on the go at com. My name is Michael Jimenez. Here we talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia from 12 to 2. Man, last night's halftime show got me going, man. I've, I have now watched it five times on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife didn't watch it live with me, and I was telling, to, I was telling her about it after the game. And she goes, well, play it. So I called it up on YouTube, put it on our big screen, and she was bobbing her head, man. She was enjoying it. You know, California Love comes in. She starts bobbing a little bit harder, you know. I did get confused, though, that she was crushing hard on Eminem. She was like, he's looking good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, Eminem? He's He's come a long way from the Slim Shady days. You know, Slim Shady Days when he had like that that bleach blonde hair, you know, that short hair and all that stuff. He looks like a man now, you know? He's, I mean, it's probably close to 50 years old by now. Dude, Dr. Dre's 56. Snoop is 50, which means that Eminem's probably in his mid-40s. Wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> I am getting old. I'm going to look that up right now. Eminem age. He is 49 years old. Eminem is 49, Snoop is 50, <laughs> Dr. Dre is 56. No wonder all those memes I said I saw that said, if you enjoy this music, it's time to schedule your colonoscopy. Because we're all of that age. But man, <laughs> I enjoyed it because the Zenial and me, again, for those of you who didn't listen in the first hour, Zenial's ages now are years 1976 to 1983. We are Zenials. That's me. Yeah, that is me too. That is class of 94 to about class of 2001. We are our own micro generation, and that music was directly aimed at us. Directly aimed at us. And I absolutely enjoyed every moment of that show, except for Mary J. Blige slowing it down. I don't know what she was doing with that. I wish it was about five minutes longer, one more Eminem song, 
maybe one more Fitty song and a different second song for Mary J. Blige. Or no second song. <laughs> or no Mary J. Blige. You know, she is the worst concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Oh, yeah. You told me about this once. It yeah. was in Austin, right? No, I was here in town. Uh, she opened up for Boys to Men. And the funny thing about it is, is that late, years later, she talks about the fact that she was drunk at a lot of her concerts. Mm-hmm. And that she knows she did not perform well. And that must have been one of those nights because it was like listening to Cats in Heat. It was awful. But wow. uh, yeah, it was bad. It was also the same concert where uh, Montel Jordan uh, sang uh, five songs and this is how we do it. It was done three times. It was the opening song. It was the third song. And it was his <laughs> encore. Let's get it on tonight was somewhere in the middle. But See, uh, he knew. <laughs> like he understood the assignment. <laughs> So, man, uh, the Kobasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. Again, 656-ESPN. We've had a few callers in there. But uh, at this time, I'd like to go over some of the best comments of the day. You know, uh, Alfred Fernandez reaches out and says, We couldn't leave Mike in L.A.? That's my favorite of the day. (laughs) So uh, what you're saying is, is that you're listening. And for that, I thank you. Because I know you love me. I know deep down inside, you want me on this radio. You need me on this radio. And you're listening right now, Alfred. Love you, man. Thanks for the comments. Uh, also, uh, Ronald Schmitka says, that's all it takes, a couple of shots? Do you no longer hate the Cowboys, LOL? Should have thought of this before. Referencing the fact that I met Emmett Smith at uh, a party over there in, mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And we had, as a group... The San Antonio Sports Star team had a shot of tequila at Aduda, which you can find at Texas Chill Liquor. We had that with Emmett Smith, and he was a nice, nice man. And again, I, I mean, it's just one of those things, man. I cheered against him for so long, but then you meet him in person, and he seems like a nice guy. And he gave a great interview, by the way, to Jason Minix and Joe Reinhagel. They did a fantastic job interviewing him, and you could tell that Emmett Smith is frustrated with the coaching staff. And he didn't say it. But he said it. You had to read between the lines oh, yeah. to see what he was saying because he's not there saying, Cowboys need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. He sucks and blah, 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 blah. But what he's doing is saying, you know what? Back, back when I was playing, Jimmy Johnson was all about accountability. And you just, you just read between the lines by saying he doesn't think the players are held accountable these days. By the way, those videos, though that interview, along with all the other interviews that we did, you can find on San Antonio Sports Star's website, sasportstar.com, right? And probably some of it on our YouTube page as well. Thank you again to AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearsight App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds for sponsoring our big game coverage. It is something that I will never, ever forget. It was good times. Uh, Gabriel Chacon reaches out and says, I want to see Minix touching Troy's leg. Is that what Ryan Eagle said? <laughs> it was the other way around. And this was not during big game coverage. No. This was the week before. Uh, Troy Aikman was in town over at Top Golf. Jason Minix interviewed him along with Joe Ryan Eagle. And apparently, Troy was getting a little bit handsy. Getting a little bit handsy, but uh, uh, Minix enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Chris Gonzalez reaches out What did you get your wife for Valentine's Day? I got her long stem roses, and we're going to spend a lot of money this, at the end of the month. Because we're going to Seattle for our 10-year anniversary. Going to spend a few nights over there. The W Hotel in Seattle. 
looking forward to that. By the way, there was a football player. Oh, who was it from the Seattle Seahawks back in the day? Marcus Trufant. Marcus Trufant. I, 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 I reached out to him after the interview that he had with, with, right, with uh, Minix. I asked him, I said, hey, I'm going to Seattle. And he gave me four or five restaurants. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Joe, uh, Jay Rosenda says, how many rules do you have? Seems like you have plenty of rules to justify my position. Okay. First of all, we've had callers call in before. And we've had promos made of it, of people calling me an acquired taste. And then people evolved that into, you're an acquired hypocrite. Thanks in part to James Pledger. You're welcome. Now, now you're the acquired flip-flop. <laughs> I'm the acquired flip-flop. You stated it best, Pledge, when you said that things change as things develop. Mm -hmm. I was part of Team Tank because watching Derek White play alongside DeJounte Murray was just tragic. Watching Bryn Forbes eat up a lot of minutes was frustrating. Watching Drew Eubanks attempt to play center was <laughs> comical. And when he tried to shoot a three-pointer that one time, where it actually did go in, and I mean his his feet landed five feet away from each other. It was the the ugliest three-point shot I've ever seen. It was hard to cheer for this team to win because there was no upside in that team. But now with Devin Vassell as the starting two guard, averaging seventeen points on fifty-six percent shooting the past two games, again the Spurs are two and zero without Derek White. Primo getting like twenty-eight minutes a game. Primo getting Lonnie's old minutes. Or, or, or Bryn's old minutes, if you, however you want to look at it. This is the team I've wanted. And I cannot cheer against the team that I wanted. And I think this team's actually about to get better because Josh Richardson is supposed to finally show up mm -hmm. and be in Chicago tonight. Josh Richardson, a piece of that Derek White trade that we had in, with Boston that... I believe we'll eat up. Lonnie has gotten extended minutes over the last couple of games still. I know he had 17 points against the Pelicans, but even then, like, I was still extremely frustrated watching Lonnie play and midair throw the ball away mm -hmm. as he got stuck in midair trying to make a decision at the elbow. I think Josh Richardson is about to take the rest of what Lonnie's minutes are. No, I 100% agree. But the one thing that does conf confuse me, though, is the fact that what confuses me about this is that we've known that Keldon Johnson has a high ceiling. We know that Devin Vassell has a high ceiling. Why was Pop unwilling to bench Derek White and make Derek White a sixth man when everyone knows that Vassell has a higher ceiling? Why, why, why that loyalty? It's not like Derek White won you championships. Why that loyalty? I, I don't. I never understood that aspect of things. Um, why was Eubanks out there for so long? Why was Bryn Forbes, who couldn't play defense, out there for so long? And now Bryn Forbes, don't be wrong, had some games out there where he would go four for six from three and whatnot. But I've never understood why it took so long to make this happen. But fortunately, Fortunately, it has, and things have changed. So I don't think I'm flip-flopping. I think I'm changing my stance because things have changed. Uh, Rudolph Renee says, Mike pays to have his Christmas lights up but doesn't pay for flower delivery because that's what they where they get you. Yeah, that's right. My Christmas tree is still up. He it's also doesn't shame. pay for cheese on breakfast tacos. He brings <laughs> his own because that's where they get you. <laughs> 
Dude, that was like six months ago, man. Okay, so for those of you who don't know this story, I was bringing, I was buying, um, I, I, I offer pledge <laughs> breakfast and I would buy him some breakfast tacos. I said, like, I'm going to go to the West Side. I'm going to go to wherever and get some tacos. And uh, tacos, I apologize. And, um, you know, I know what pledge orders and he always asked for cheese and I always asked for cheese. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go over and uh, just bring a baggie full of cheese from Kirkland brand, which is really, really good. And I was going to save myself 79 cents per taco. That's three bucks, dude. Plus tax, plus the tip. That's like four bucks, man. That's where they get you. Dude, iced tea is the stupidest thing to ever buy from a, from a, a place. And I get it all the time. But that's the markup right there. Why is cheese so expensive? That's nonsense, man. 69 79 cents a taco. Damn straight, I brought my own cheese. So, iced tea is now where they get you too? Well, dude, to make a large to make a cup of tea is like 5 cents and they and they they charge you 2.99. That's the biggest markup, man. It's almost like it's worse than alcohol when it comes to markups. <laughs> You know what, man? And then as far as my Christmas tree is concerned, yes, I do know that it's Valentine's Day. And it's still up. Oh! You haven't taken down your Christmas tree? I, we've taken down the lights that we had in the front. We didn't have them on the roof or anything like that. But I do pay for them to be put up on the roof because I'm not going to risk my life. That's more of a risk of a life type of thing. But, uh... Wait, are you the guy that says no to cheese on burgers because you you have some at home? Mario Cavazos? The answer is yes. Okay, first of all, there's a, there's two reasons behind that. It's not because I'm being cheap there. Oh, yeah, it is. It's not because I'm being cheap. It's yeah, because it one of the foods I hate the most in the world is American cheese. American cheese is awful. Okay? It is the most disgusting thing. It's not even cheese, man. It's not even cheese. If you want cheddar, if you want mozzarella, if you want to have any other type of cheese on a burger, provolone's fantastic on a burger. So if I do not order cheese with my burger and I add it at home, it's because of that. Ah, Rocky Casillas on YouTube reaches out. Yeah, a little bag of shredded cheese from home. Don't pay that extra 75 cents. He's either agreeing with me or making fun of me. But this is going to be the time of the show that we go over comments, okay? Those were the best of the day. But uh, anyway, man, this has been a good time. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on the show. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. By the way, Kielbasa Bacon phone line still open. Make fun of me in person. You know what? If you're going to reach out to us on Facebook or YouTube, do yourself a favor. Call six five. <laughs> call the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. Make fun of me to my face I or to my ears. <laughs> this is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Joe Reinagle on your home for everything that matters in sports. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM on the go at sportstar.com. Live on Facebook and YouTube, search San Antonio Sports Star, like and subscribe. You know, there's a fine difference between love and hate. And sometimes you tease the ones you love the most. Or you tease the ones you really don't like. But we're going to find out right now. We have a caller on line one. Mike wants to make fun of me, I guess, because I bring my own cheese sometimes with me to work. 
Yes, sir. That I mean, if you want to be cheap with yourself, bro, that's cool. But you cannot be cheap with your boys. Like, look at man with some cheese. Come on, you are a grown man with two jobs, like, with a job. Like, come on, seventy nine cents is not too much to spend on your boy for breakfast. And then he's gonna have cold cheese on his tacos. That's wrong, bro. Wow, Mike coming in strong. Come on, bro. <laughs> and I absolutely agree with Mike on this principle: bringing cold cheese for your boy to put on a taco. Because when you when you put like cheese from the restaurant and it's in the foil, has time to melt. By the time it gets to you, everything's nice and warm. Sometimes they melt it themselves before putting it on. You're bringing me cold, processed cheese to put on a taco. First of all, it is not processed cheese. It's Mexican blend Kirkland from Costco. It's the good stuff, okay? Oh, sure. It is the good stuff. But Mike, thanks for calling on in, man. <laughs> and you know what? I get it, man. Maybe I shouldn't do it for you. Maybe I should do it for myself, you know? <laughs> you know, sometimes people take put pot in baggies. I put shredded cheese, you know? <laughs> I, I, I walk into the estacion, and I'm like, you know what? I saved myself a buck fifty. Because you go to you go to Costco and you get that big old thing of bag of cheese. It's like eighteen bucks, man. I've already spent that much. By the way, Nefozuna reaches out on Facebook Live and says, "Hey, man, they charge three forty nine for tea at restaurants. I'd rather just drink water, dude. That's how else they get you, man. You know, I've gone out to eat with my wife and kids, and I'll add it all up. I'm like two ninety nine, two ninety nine, two ninety nine, and I'm like it's fifteen bucks." Just for drinks, you add the tax, you add the tip, and I spent 20 bucks for us to get diet soda. Yet yeah, has no issue with bringing in like a gallon-sized cup of uh, diet soda before every show. <laughs> Again, party of one versus a party of five. There's a big, there's a big difference Required right there. Required hypocrite, got it. I, I, you know... See, that's hypocritical. That is not a change in philosophy. Okay, so... So, so I mentioned that next week, uh, my wife and I are going on our anniversary. Uh, it's our 10-year anniversary, and we're going to Seattle. And one of the options they had on there was, do you want to upgrade your seats, right? Now, the, the flight wasn't that bad. It was like, I don't know, like 350 or 400 round trip. Wasn't that bad of a deal. But my wife was like, well, how much is first, first class? And first class was over $1,000 a seat. Mm-hmm. But I told her Alaska Airlines has one that's below that, that is called Premier, which also gets you good legroom and whatnot. It was $80 more, but it comes with complimentary drinks. So I'm there telling myself, okay, babe, it's a four-hour flight. You better get four drinks at least to make this happen because I'm not paying extra for just legroom. I'm like, how much legroom is there? I call into Alaska Airlines at like four inches. Like four inches? That's like the size of my finger. There's that much extra space for paying extra 80 bucks. No, I'm paying the extra 80 bucks just for to have a little bit more space on the side and to get the complimentary drinks, allegedly complimentary drinks. What's up, Ledge? Oh, no. I just, the fact that you have called Alaska Airlines to ask the specific amount of legroom that you actually get. In yeah. extra <laughs> to see if it's worth it. Well, you know, it, it's funny when it comes to, to, to money, right? I mean, uh, the person alluded to on the phone call that I have two jobs. I do this for a living, but I also have my own business. I'm a financial guy. I have investment insurance practice. And I do well for myself. I'm, I'm happy with how I do. But that being said, 
when it comes to spending money, I sometimes don't want to spend money on things that I can't, you know, that I can't. But uh, <laughs> Mario Cavazos reached out on Facebook saying that I bought a beer from North Star Mall last time I was there. Okay, that is true. That is true. Here's the thing. Um, it's about spending money on what you value. And I value certain things. Like when my wife and I bought our hotel room for, for our trip, I made sure to get a nice hotel room from a nice hotel because it means something, all right? But all of these other things that cost 50 cents to a dollar, they all add up. And I'm talking to you who go to Starbucks every day. You know the one, that $350 a month uh, uh, habit that you guys have. That's a car payment, man. And you're drinking that in coffee? That's wrong. You tell your clients to start calling to see how much the extra legroom is. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Hey, man. Ah. Uh, Congratulations again, Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl champions, 23-20, victor over the Cincinnati Bengals. Again tonight, Spurs at the Bulls, tip-off at 7 o'clock. Get to see that Spurs lineup there of DeJounte, Vassell, Murray, McBuck uh, McBuckets, and Pirtle. I'm excited about that. But uh, Jason Minix and Joe Reinick will be back at 4 o'clock for three hours of the Blitz. My name's Michael Jimenez. That is James Pledger. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.